Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so happy to be able to hang out with you every week here. Thank you so much for those of you who faithfully show up every week. If you are new around here, welcome. I've got over three years of episodes that you can go back and find topics that are most relevant to you. And I just hope that you make yourself at home in this community. Now, one important announcement. Uh, We are smack in the middle of the open enrollment for my character training course. We open the door last Friday, and they will close this Friday the 28th. So if you're catching this in real time, uh, be sure to use the link in show notes, or if you want to head straight over to monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course, you can read all about it. If you have struggled with young kids character with teenagers character. This course is so packed full of good stuff, helpful stuff, expert voices, downloads, lists, prayers, you name it. You can't go wrong. There's something in there for everyone. I think it's almost like having your own little library of resources that you can turn to as you need them, as you face new challenges in your parenting. Uh, So many people have loved it, and I am loving seeing so many new people sign up this week. So I hope you can check it out. We probably won't open the doors again until next spring or maybe even summer. So this is your time to sign up for the character training course. And remember, once you're in there, you have lifetime access to everything there and everything I add in the future. So hope to see you in there. Now, I'm so happy we are back to a series that I began in the beginning of 2022, where I, once a month, the last Wednesday of each month, I'm sharing from one chapter of my book, Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. It's been super fun, so you might want to look back through the archives, find topics that are interesting to you, but we are all the way up to chapter 11 now, called A Lot Going On. This is all about boys and emotional health. Now, at the end of September... 
episode 177, we were talking about physical health. And since health is such a big topic, and I believe, you know, we are made up of mind, body, and spirit, well, we talk about faith. Um, throughout the podcast episodes, and specifically, we talked about faith in chapter four of Boy Mom. Um, but last month, we got to talk about the physical health of boys. So you can check that one out if you missed it. And now we get to talk about emotional health. And this is something I love to talk about. There's so many things to consider with our boys and their emotional health. And in fact, I have had guests on who specifically have talked about emotional healthy boys. David Thomas is someone I love to talk to on this topic. So I'll be sure to link to other episodes that touch on this over in show notes. Uh, But I'm excited to dive in today. Now, before I do, I just want to thank you again for just showing up every week and for sharing this podcast with your friends and family. If you haven't yet subscribed or now we call it followed this podcast, there's just a little plus sign in your podcast app. If you tap on that, that means every week my episodes will automatically download and they will be right there ready for you when you want to listen. So that is one way to support this podcast. Also, if you haven't left a rating or review yet, I really appreciate it when you leave ratings and reviews for this podcast, and you can do that also right there on your podcast app. Okay, now I don't want to take too much time because I want to cover a whole bunch about emotional health. Again, it's a big topic, but what I love to do is open up just by reading directly from my chapter. If you don't already have a copy of Boy Mom, you can find them anywhere books are sold. Amazon is a common place to get books. I will have a link to that in show notes. There's also an audible version of Boy Mom and I'm the one reading it. So that's fun as well. And also I'll just mention here, if you've been a part of the Boy Mom book study this fall, thank you so much. I have so enjoyed going over chapters with all of you. And as this episode comes out, we are wrapping up the study. We're in just the final week. And remember, If maybe you've slacked off or you haven't opened emails in a little while, just remember this final week is when I am sharing some fun surprises and giveaways. So you might want to go back and grab your most recent emails from me regarding the Boy Mom book study. But I know that many of you have stayed involved throughout the whole thing, and I have loved going through this book with all of you. So thank you so much. Okay. Let's dive into chapter 11, and I always open with a quote, and this time I quote Proverbs 15, 13, which I love. It says, a happy heart makes the face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. And here's how I begin. Let's return to the scene that opened the previous chapter. So again, go back to episode 177 to catch the previous chapter. I say, go back and return to that scene. We were just doing a little imagination exercise. And imagine your grown son and his family gathered around the holiday table. So we are forecasting, we're imagining down the road when our kids are grown and they come to visit us, maybe at the holidays. When you imagine looking across the table at the face of your son, what do you see? Smiles, joy, and a healthy countenance? Or signs of stress, anxiety, or discontent? Will he grow up to have the tools he needs to juggle family and work? How will he handle conflict? Will he know where to turn if he's struggling emotionally? Well, we know that life will bring all of us, including our children, challenges mixed with joys. How we react has much to do with both our spiritual and emotional states. Although many factors will determine our adult son's emotional health, we as moms can be thoughtful and proactive about the emotional health of our growing sons and do our best to equip them for all they have ahead. 
Many of the core ingredients for raising an emotionally healthy son have been covered in earlier chapters. A boy who has a secure identity, a strong faith, and positive influences in his life is headed towards an emotionally stable future. A son who is physically healthy, getting regular exercise, eating healthy foods, and getting plenty of rest is well on his way to a healthy future. Your intentional investment in all the topics covered here will play a vitally important role in your son's future. You're already off to a great start. Now we get to focus on some of the keys to raising an emotionally healthy son. Now, before we dive in, I say I must acknowledge the very real challenges and mental health issues many families will face. Though there is not space in this book to go into detail, I understand the burden of concern moms carry. If you feel something is out of balance or if you see unhealthy patterns of behavior in your son, I encourage you to seek professional help and the support you need. You can play a crucial role by being an advocate for your son and giving him the tools he needs to live the healthiest life possible. This chapter will cover some of the most common and relevant areas of emotional health in which moms can support their sons. So that's how we open, and then we're going to dive in and just talk a little bit about what I mean when I say start with an emotional vocabulary. Now, again, David Thomas talks about this, and I love it when somebody who's a true expert just reinforces something that I found with my own sons and in the research I've done in the years of my own sons growing up. I love it when somebody talks about because I'm like, yay, okay, I was onto something. And so that's so encouraging. But certainly many of you would probably say your little boys have big emotions. People talk about girls being so emotional, but no doubt when our sons are young, sometimes they're very explosive. They might cry easily. They might just have big emotions and you might be confused and not know what to do with it. Well, one thing that was really helpful for me in raising my sons was to offer them some words, uh, offer them options for what they might be feeling. So if they are just kind of losing their temper or, you know, seeming out of control, often you just want to allow them to calm down. Sometimes pulling them in for a tight hug and just breathing slowly with them up against you can be helpful. But then offering them some words, say, what are you feeling right now? Are you frustrated? Are you overwhelmed? Are, are you disappointed? What is this feeling? I, I share in here a time when, or a, a few more than one time, when my youngest son was frustrated because his older brothers were off doing things, coming and going, and he would get angry. And I'd say, what, what is this feeling? And when I described what jealousy is, he was feeling jealous. The older brothers were bigger. They got to do things he couldn't do. But being able to give that feeling a name was so helpful and empowering to him. And I suggest here that teaching boys to use simple feeling words when they're young can train them to tune into their feelings and communicate effectively as they grow up, which I think is super important because if you have a teenager who never learned to name or appreciate his own feelings, it's going to be a lot harder to train him, though not impossible. If your son's a teenager, you can still work on the very same thing. But especially as our boys enter adolescence, I think encouraging them to talk about their feelings is really important. And as his mother, you're probably, probably going to notice before anyone, if something's off, you're going to notice if your son seems in a funk, if he's not just being himself. And so I encourage you to move in towards him. Sometimes we're a little bit weirded out and we're like, oh, but he's a teenager. He wants to be in his room. I'm just going to leave him. No, that's the time to step in. N not smothering him, not being a helicopter parent, but saying, listen, I can tell some things off. I'm here for you. And maybe doing that a couple times, maybe going into his room at night and just saying, listen, I, I want to be someone you can talk to. And then pausing and waiting and seeing if maybe he's ready to open up. Um, 
I talk about the surprising power of togetherness and, and a quote that I love here. I say, if I could encourage every family to do just one thing for their son, it would simply be this, spend intentional time together, lots of it. Few things are more satisfying to our souls than being with those we love, though in the busyness of life, it's easy to neglect this. And so I just encourage you, studies show that having regular family meals like does so many good things for our kids. It, it literally has been connected with everything from higher test scores to staying out of trouble, off of drugs, um, making better choices in life, just having regular family times. Most of us have heard that before, but it's easy in the busyness of life to just run different directions, grab food as you come and go, and not sit down around a table together. So whenever you're able to, I encourage you to do that. Okay, the next section here is about equipping your son with coping skills for emotional health. And I talk about how the struggle increases their strength. This is such an important topic because I do believe that a lot of teens today are under a lot of pressure in their high school years, especially feeling pushed, whether it's by their parents or their school or maybe their own goals, but um, they're, they're feeling pushed towards perfectionism in hopes of being able to put their right achievements on their college applications or whatever their life goals are. And with every intention of helping, sometimes parents create schedules for their kids. They might hire tutors, micromanage their kids in such a way that their kids aren't learning the skills they need to grow up in the real world. Their parents are doing everything for them and kids aren't learning to manage their own lives. And so these same kids often struggle to adjust when they later face the real world, be it college, vocational training, or work. So parents often hover so close that they don't do their kids a favor in this way. I, I talk about um, Maria Panaritas. She's a columnist with the Philadelphia Inquirer, and she wrote about a concerning dynamic she saw between parents and teens. This is what she said. Today's parents are doing their kids no favors by so tightly wrapping them in a pain-free zone that the teenagers fail to ever navigate the unpredictable ups and downs of the real world. An entrepreneurial workforce needs people with grit more than it needs people with perfect SATs. Kids deserve to become healthy adults. Now, I personally have seen this play out. In fact, I was grateful that I knew a couple people who had had hard experiences along these lines when my boys were still in high school because it really did inspire me to make sure my boys had to do a lot on their own and struggle through things. I've told the story of Jonah really working so hard to raise his SAT score to get a college scholarship he needed. And that was really self-led. I didn't, I didn't even really encourage him to do that. And yet he chose on his own to do that. And my boys really had to do it partly because I was busy. There were younger kids and I was working, but my boys did have to do a lot on their own in their high school years. And, I, and I'm grateful because I have a couple friends or people I know of who had worked so hard to help their kids get into the college they really wanted. And then when they got to college, they fell apart and they just couldn't handle the pressure, I think, because mom wasn't there to bail them out or to help them when they needed it. And so that was a tough lesson to learn, though an important one. Hey friends, hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to pause real quick to remind you and me both that as soon as it's fall, everything flies by and before you know it, it will be Christmas. 
And we all know that there's a whole lot of busyness that comes with the Christmas season. And Christian Parenting wants to help keep our families focused on the one thing that actually matters this Christmas season, which of course is celebrating the birth of Jesus. So Christian Parenting has created the coolest new resource. I love this so much. It's called The Songs Tell the Story. And it's a family devotional that explores 25 of the popular Christmas songs we sing around the holidays and explains the message behind them. They all point back to Jesus and his miraculous birth. So if you're looking for a fun and interactive way to keep your family focused on Christ this season, this is it. Guys, I love this. It's so creative. I mean, kids all love Christmas music. And so this is just such a fun way to use the Christmas songs we already hear and sing to help our kids understand more and focus more on the meaning of Christmas. Isn't that awesome? So get your Christmas playlist ready and grab your copy of the Songs Tell the Story Family Devotional Before They're Gone. You can find them at cpadvent.org. And again, that is the letters cpadvent.org. Go over there, have a look. It's Darling Book, and you can get a copy now and enjoy it all season long. talk here about the book I'm sure many of you have heard of called How to Raise an Adult. Um, Julie Lycott Hames, I believe is how you say it. She shared her experience working with incoming students at Stanford University. And from the author's observations, many students were not prepared for the challenges they faced in college because their parents hadn't allowed them to struggle enough growing up. And she suggests that we must allow our kids to experience struggles and even failure Got that? Parents, you've got to let your kids fail during their growing up years so they will be prepared for life as adults. She said, if students are in their late teens or early 20s when they first face their own very normal human trait of imperfection, the lack, the brush it off, get back on the horse, try again, persevere through it mentality that they could and should have cultivated in childhood. So parents, if if your kids are young right now, I hope that you're giving them some opportunities to fail. Give them some opportunities to fall down, to make mistakes, to turn in an assignment late and face the consequences, uh, you know, to get cut from a team and have to work harder to make it next time. That is all healthy stuff in life. So I just encourage you to let your kids struggle a little bit. Okay, moving on to another section I love called Help Him Focus Outward. And no doubt, most of us will agree that a self-centered person is not a happy person, and yet many of us are raising selfish kids without even realizing it. I don't know if it's a generational thing or a cultural thing, but I know that I've caught myself uh, allowing Levi to have selfish tendencies and then realizing, you know, this is not the road to a happy life. And being other-centered is such a more fulfilling and happy way to live. And so helping your son focus outward can begin really with simple conversations throughout the day. I always talk about reading good books and sharing examples and stories, talking about missionaries, looking for opportunities to serve, support causes. All those things are things we can do throughout the day as we're raising our kids. Children benefit from taking an interest in a cause beyond themselves. And so I just encourage you to look for opportunities in your community through your church or elsewhere where you might be able to raise your son to be serving others. I talk here about my nephew, my brother Lance's son. Micah, who has Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And it's a genetic disease that causes his muscles to waste away. And the prognosis with Duchenne is very hard, a very hard life. Um, death usually comes in the early 20s to mid 20s. And my nephew is now 20 years old. So he's in a wheelchair and it's a really difficult life. 
but my sons have witnessed Micah go from his early years where he walked and then had crutches and then to a wheelchair and where he's very dependent on others. At this point, a spoon is too heavy for his little arms to lift, so he has to use a plastic spoon. And I I think that having a family member with a disease like this has benefited my boys in the fact that they're more sensitive, they're more tuned in, they're not afraid when they see someone with a disability or in a wheelchair, but exposing them to that and and letting them know his story and letting them see that he's a normal person, that, you know, he's a kid and how, how can they help him and support him and be his friend is super important. And I think that has really shaped my boys in a great way. So if, if you have a friend or a relative, if there's someone in your community your kids can spend time with, I think that is a really helpful part of raising them. I know also as when I, um, when I was young, I, I loved, I just had a heart for the elderly. And so spending time in nursing homes or serving the elderly is really good for kids too. So whatever it is you do, find some way to get your son involved in serving others. And I think that's going to benefit them a lot growing up. So talking about teaching self-awareness when it comes to emotional health. Self-awareness is huge. And I think it's one of those traits some people maybe are just naturally more self-aware than others, but it is something we can teach our kids. So I encourage you to consider how you can have conversations with your son to help them understand what it means to be self-aware. I said that here, I was not surprised to read that a study of some of the most successful businessmen in the world showed that a high self-awareness score was the strongest predictor of overall success. It ranked higher than intelligence or experience or any other skill or quality. Did you catch that? Man, self-awareness is something that can be developed. And so if this is that important for success in the workplace, I encourage you, let's all work on self-awareness with our kids. And to help our sons deepen their self-awareness, we need to teach them how to evaluate themselves honestly, to kind of step outside themselves and look at themselves as someone else would. You, They need to be able to be objective about their strengths and weaknesses and use that information to navigate life. I love, you know, taking personality tests and studying love languages, even birth order, and talking to my kids about these things. I think they find it fascinating to kind of learn more about themselves, what makes them tick, and then to look at other members of the family and also understand each other. So I think these are all fun things you can do around the dinner table or with your kids on, you know, a quiet day. Bring out a personality test, talk about these things, ask them what they think their love language is, and open up these conversations. Okay, I touched briefly here on community and just the importance of community. I think that for our emotional health, being connected with other people is so big. Um, In fact, I watched a TED Talk by someone named Susan Pinker. She's a developmental psychologist, and she talked about the secret to living longer and how it may be in your social life. She shared compelling data revealing that in-person social interactions are not only necessary for human happiness, but also could be the key to health and longevity. She used examples. Okay, I love this because this is stuff I do naturally. It's just my personality. But she used examples like talking to a neighbor while getting your mail or interacting with people you see at the grocery store. And Apparently, people who do that, who naturally just pick up conversations with people, have longer lives. They have healthier lives. And I love that because I do that. My husband cringes. He's like, why do you have to talk to everybody? But it's just how I'm wired. 
not that we need to force people who aren't wired that way to do that, but just to keep in mind how important it is. Our kids may grow up and go through a busy season where they just put their head down and are working hard, but we want to help them stay balanced and to know that even in the busy seasons, they need to stay connected. You know, church is a great place to do that. Have friendships, touch bases by phone, just make sure you stay connected with people. It is so important for our health. Now, the last section here, I talk about navigating hard times, and there's no doubt that eventually all of us will face hard times, and and what we want is for our kids to be prepared, to know that that's a normal part of life. We, We live in a broken, fallen world, and our bodies and minds all have imperfections, and so to not live in a way that you're just like... Uh, pessimistic or expecting hard times, but knowing that they are likely to come to ourselves or those in our lives, and then being prepared for how to respond when hard times come. And I I go into a little bit here about recognizing symptoms of depression, because no doubt our kids are probably going to have some moody times. They're going to have high days and low days, and, and some of that is definitely normal. But I do give a list here of symptoms of depression that parents should be aware of. Now I draw these from the site helpguide.org. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes and you can read, um, what, you know, the full list of symptoms, but things like, um, sadness or hopelessness, and this would be in, in an ongoing manner, irritability, anger, or hostility, tearfulness, or frequent crying, withdrawal from friends and family, loss of interest in activities, poor school performance, changes in eating and sleeping habits. So the list goes on. And again, you might see some of that at some time during all of your kids' lives. You probably yourself have experienced that. But when there is an ongoing um, pattern of any of those things, that's when you want to be concerned. So again, helpguide.org is a good place to turn to for that. But certainly one thing I have taught my boys is that asking for help is a sign of strength. That's what healthy people do. So if you are struggling with anxiety or depression or just going through a tough season, I want them to know that that is is a healthy thing is to reach out for for help. I wanted my sons to know that so well going into their college years because I had watched other families whose kids were a little older than mine raise their kids. Everybody seemed so good. And then they went to college and some weird things happened. They went through some anxiety or depression or challenges, um, with their identity or maybe questioning their faith. And it was just this really difficult time. And I just said, if you feel any of those things when you're away from us, just know that that's okay. You can get through that and there is help. And so keep talking to us. And also don't be afraid to reach out for counseling or therapy. And I think just by bringing that out in the open, just gave them permission and helped them to know that that was okay. And I've said before, in all seasons of life, I think therapy and counseling can be so helpful, be it marriage counseling. I respond to a lot of emails and I tell people, listen, there are people out there who have been trained to help you through this. So don't hesitate to reach out and ask for help, whether it's your own personal anxiety, depression, uh, marriage issues, or maybe you've just hit a wall with one of your kids and you just feel like you could use a third party to help you walk through it. By all means, consider good biblical counseling sometimes that can make all the difference in the world. Okay. I did touch on with this section of navigating hard times, just the topic of bullying. I I wish it were something we didn't have to talk about, but I I think it's important. uh, And, and it looks different now oftentimes than it did in the past because we have the new element of cyberbullying and just all of the pain that can be caused through social media and 
the online world, whether it's group chats or other things. And so I encourage you as parents just to be aware. If it's not on your radar, maybe your kids are young, just to know that this is a thing. And obviously, bullies are usually people who have been hurt themselves and they're coming from a place of hurt. And yet it's still so painful for our kids to walk through any season of being bullies. And so first of all, we want to raise sons who we are sure aren't on the giving end of bullying, right? And so that's a lot of character stuff, a lot of conversations with our kids. But we also want to prepare them how to handle it if they find themselves on the receiving end. And sometimes we should coach our kids to just ignore the bullies and they're going to go away. I remember my mom used to say, what fun is it to give someone a hard time if he doesn't react? Like just don't react and they're probably going to find someone else who's more fun to pick on. But other times we need to teach our kids to stand up to bullies. And and the most important thing here is that your son is talking to you and sharing with you about what's going on. So again, the sooner you bring it up as like, this is a thing that could happen. And when it does, talk to me because you don't want them walking through that alone. And if helping give them advice and, and some tools to use isn't effective, then definitely this is something you would want to go to a school administrator or a coach or whoever kind of oversees the scene wherever the bullying is occurring. So Parents, that's something we need to discern and be prayerful about, but I know um, that it's a hard thing to walk through. So I'm sorry if that's something that is um, a reality in your situation. So I close the chapter here by just returning to that table um, in our imaginations that I opened up with when your son is an adult, a grown man, and hopefully he's got a sweet wife and darling grandchildren. And, you know, we can imagine all these things, right? It doesn't always work out exactly like we hope, but... Imagine looking at him and just knowing that you poured time and intentional effort and prayer into raising him to be healthy physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and knowing that he knows what to do when stressful times come, that he has a healthy community around him, that he knows how to make good choices, whether he does or not is up to him, but you've taught him how to make good choices to take care of himself, to himself, to get rest, to eat healthy, and all of those things, and how rewarding it will be to know that you did your part. And I just love to picture that, and I want to encourage you to be parenting him now with an eye on the future, with that you're, you know, imagining the young man he will one day be and knowing that all of your efforts are not in vain. And speaking of that dinner table and imagining it one day, preparing for it, uh, we do have a free download again with this chapter as we have with all the chapters. And it is a list of conversation starters. So you can grab that straight from show notes and print it out, maybe bring it to the dinner table. And next time you have a meal, you can have some fun conversation starters. I just think these are really great for all ages and can hopefully get your family connecting at a deeper level. Okay, I would love to close with a prayer as I do in all of these episodes. So if you will join me. Lord Jesus, thank you so much uh, for these women who are listening and for the families and the sons that they represent. And God, I just want to ask that you give them everything they need to pour into their sons, to raise sons who are healthy emotionally. Um, Carve out for them the space and the opportunity to have some good conversations, whatever age they are, to help them have a good emotional vocabulary, to help them understand how to deal with emotions, um, to appreciate community, to know when to seek help. Lord, to... um, Do the things that are going to help them serve others and find joy in not being selfish, but being others-centered. God, 
help our boys to be prepared when hard times come, to turn to you first and foremost, and then to also know when to get help. So God, we lay our boys before you and ask for your hand of blessing on them. Ask God that you would give them just healthy emotions and the resources to turn to when they need them and give us the wisdom and everything we need to parent them well. So we love you, Lord. We thank you and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, thanks for being here. I hope you enjoy these episodes going over chapters from Boy Mom, and I do hope you have a copy of it to turn to to go a lot deeper into all the topics I covered here. Lastly, don't forget the doors to the character training course will close this Friday. So if you haven't checked it out yet, be sure to use the link in show notes or go straight over to monicaswanson.com forward slash character dash course. See what's in there. I think there will be a lot of helpful, good stuff for your family, whatever you're walking through right now. And you will have lifetime access to the course if you get in there now. So thank you guys for being here. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha. Aloha.